Welcome to Career Combat with your host, Kelly Combat. Get ready to learn how to navigate the career battlefield and achieve a flawless victory. Now, here is Kelly. Well, welcome, welcome, and welcome one more time. This is Career Combat. My name is Kelly Combat. And happy Friday. I say it every single week. Happy Friday. It is March 1, everybody. March 1. I mean, can you believe it? 2024, there is so much going on. It's just so much fun. The fact that things are happening so fast and furious. Uh, And I'm so happy to be here today. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm talking today about my jam. And that is... The name of the show is Ideas Matter. And yeah, if you think about ideas, innovation, ideas, creativity, it matters. However, you know how it is on Career Combat. I love me some acronyms. Ideas actually stands for inclusion, diversity, equity, accessibility, and the S stands for solidarity. Yeah, and if you think about ideas, yes, ideas do matter. And what I just said, inclusion, diversity, equity, accessibility, and solidarity matters as well. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, because on this show, sometimes we laser focus in on a topic, and sometimes we have an illuminating guest. And today, everybody, we're going to do both. And if you're new to us, I want to say welcome again. And I use she, her pronouns. In this show, What we do is we speak live. There is no filter. There is no question that's sent in advance. So this is live and in full effect. And I would love to introduce you to my guest today, where we're going to be talking about this really important topic. And we're going to be diving into this person's career. I want to introduce all of you to Cherie Washington. That's C-H-E-R-I-E Washington. Cherie is somebody that I've known for years and years. And let me tell you, she's doing amazing things throughout her entire career. So I would love to welcome Cherie Washington. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here, Kelly. <laughs> yes, I, you know, when I think about dream guests, I have a list. Ever since I started this podcast last year, there was always this list, this growing list of people who I said I would love to send an invitation to them because it's been a lot of years since Cherie and I worked together and we still stay in contact. We still understand what we're all, you know, trying to accomplish in this world because. We only get one shot at this. And so I thought, why not? Why not ask Cherie onto the show and talk about her background, talk about things that she's done, decisions that she's made, and get an illuminating input on such an important topic, such as inclusion, diversity, equity, accessibility, and solidarity. So welcome, Cherie. Thank you so much. Again, pleased to be here. Looking forward to the topic. So my very first question, as I said before, on this show, we speak live and there's no questions in advance. However, it's all a matter of trust. There's not going to be any, <laughs> there's not going to be any gotcha moments or anything like that because this is true love on this show, right? So yeah. my first question to you, Cherie, is if you could have a movie about your career, if you could have a movie about your career, 
what would you name that title? Never Too Late. Never Too Late. Really cool. Yeah. Tell me why. So we know um, my career didn't happen organically like many careers do. It didn't take a straight path. Um, I was 19 years old and in college. And I uh, became pregnant with my first son and I left school to start my family. And Mm -hmm. I did not go back to school until I was 40 years old. Um, I worked as an admin and executive assistant. So in administrative administrative services for almost 20 some odd years until I decided to go back to school at the age of 40 and get my degree in human resource management. Yes. So, you know, when we met, I was still an executive assistant, but I was always embedded within the culture of the organization. So even though I didn't necessarily work directly in a DEI space, I always was connected to the space via our ERG, our employee resource groups, or even just connecting to different events and philanthropy um, partnerships that our brand had and that our organization had. And so then what I did is once I finally got my degree, I was laser focused. I was going to switch careers. Yes. And I was going to start my new career. And it wasn't necessarily easy. You know, I got my degree and was like, oh, I have my degree now. They're going to give me a job in human resources. Mm -hmm. It didn't necessarily happen that way. So I still stayed an administrative assistant for a little while longer. But then I met an amazing, amazing um, boss who said, I see your passion. I see what you're doing. And she and I talked and we created a job for me. Wow. She literally created a role um, that I was able to lean into my passion for philanthropy, my passion for helping the community, and my passion for inclusion and making sure everyone felt included um, within the workspace. And I went into brand communications. And from there, um, my role developed even more into managing philanthropy for um, the brand altogether. And then I got the next opportunity. And this is why networking and staying in contact matters. My first boss who hired me came back and said, there's a role on my team. And we had not worked together in about seven years. He literally reached out to me and said, there's a role on my team. I need you to apply. I applied for that role and ended up moving into the DEI space. And so that's where I've been for like the last four and a half years. What a story. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you hit on so many things about networking mattering and the fact that you have to stay in contact. You are the driver of your career. If in fact, I mean, what I heard from you, Cherie, is that what you did was you took control. You decided that it doesn't matter my age. I I talk about that all the time in workshops and and things. When people apologize for their age, why are you apologizing? It's never too late. I love that title for your movie. Never too late. And 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 what you just said is so important. Don't apologize for your age. What right. you can do is literally lean into it because the beauty of it is whether you are brand new in your career, whether you're middle in your career, whether you're seasoned in your career, what you really, really, really want to be able to do is lean into whatever is happening at that moment to help develop you to wherever it is you're trying to get to next. 
Spot on, spot on. And another thing that you mentioned was about the employee resource groups or the ERGs. And I remember years ago when I started my career at Ford Motor, I'm originally from Michigan, and I remember being a part of the Ford African Ancestry Network and Mm -hmm. remembering like, wow, I mean, just sitting in those meetings and being a part of those projects and then eventually moving on to to other companies that had similar kinds of environments. How do, how do you think inclusion plays a part in those ERGs? It, it's so important because what happens is, and it's not just inclusion, it's the belonging piece that goes along with it. Sure. You create this sense of, we want you here. And the way we're going to show you that we want you here is where you can create this group because the beauty of it is it's employee-led these resource groups, and they get to dictate what it is that they're looking for, whether it's training, whether it's networking, whether it's just giving information about them so that other people in the organization can also learn about dimension, different dimensions of diversity, about different businesses, whether it's a foodie group, um, a group for readers, a group for quiet leaders, whether it's a group for um, African-Americans or for Latina, Latinx um, people, you get to feel a pride in yourself and in your organization mm-hmm. because you know that they are trying to hear you. So you feel included when they're trying to hear you. The other piece about it is the opportunity to feel included in the purpose of we're invested in your development because many of these groups are developmental for many people, as it was for me. Absolutely spot on. And, you know, I say it all the time in my life and in my career that inclusion is innate. I mean, we were born to include others. And of course, along the way, it dissipates because of perhaps people we surround ourselves by and and that sense of belonging. I love the fact that you brought that back in because it isn't about just inclusion. It's about all those things that we talked about at the beginning of the hour it's that sense of belonging. It's essential to us. If you think about our hierarchy of needs, we want to feel safe, we want to feel secure, and we want to feel that sense of belonging. And ultimately, we deserve to be heard. Yes, absolutely. And that's the biggest piece. We deserve to be heard. You want to feel seen, heard, and secure in the organization that you're working for. So, Cherie, when was the first time? When you think back over the years, when was the first time that you felt truly included? You know what was interesting? Again, um, my mentor, and I love her dearly, um, Angela Guy was my mentor for very, very many years and even is now. Um, She was the person who hired me. And one of the things that she did in the beginning when she hired me is, She didn't hire me just as her assistant. She hired me as her partner in work. And one of the things that I always remember about her was that even if I didn't know something, she was very good at saying, let me explain this to you. Let me walk Mm. you through this. It was never a thought that I didn't need to know because for me to be able to help her be her best, she needed to know that I understood what it was that she was doing in her role 
So she always made sure to include me in conversations and she allowed me the opportunity to lead projects. So when someone includes you in the conversation, when someone trusts you to move on and to lead, no matter what your title is, you get that sense of feeling included. You get the sense of feeling like you belong. You get the sense of feeling like you're wanted. Yes. And that became very important for me because she made she made me believe that I was included within her team and her in the organization. I mean, talk about dropping diamonds here. Cherie, I, I love the fact that you brought that up because Angela Guy, oh my goodness. I remember uh, when I was working at the organization, uh, taking me under my under her wing and taking me out to lunch and and really spending time. It's an investment. It's an investment in other folks to do all those things that you just gave examples of. Uh, being able to explain things, being able to show the way and 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 understand, yes, you're going to have questions as my mentee, and I'm prepared to answer them for you and explain things very thoroughly so that in the future, you're going to be, I'm investing in you because you're going to be giving back and it's going to be so exponential. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and that's the thing because what, and that's the big piece, what you just said, when someone pours into you, you also have an obligation to pour into others. That's right. That's specifically spot on. And when I think about all the things that have been happening, and I can't believe it's been four years now. It's 2024, so absolutely, it's been four years mm -hmm. uh, since we had all this upheaval uh, when it comes to the racial pandemic and uh, COVID and so many other things that have uh, really catapulted us into thinking, what else is out here? So when you think over the last four years, how have you protected your peace? You know, I have to say, um, I am blessed. Um, I have an amazing home life. Um, yes. My husband is just phenomenal. And I say that to say, sometimes he has to ground me. Mm. Um, he has to, he actually helps me protect my peace. You know, the job gets stressful. Um, I do a lot. I also do a lot outside of the job. And there are moments when I need to hear his voice say, sit down. Say, you need to rest. Mm -hmm. And I hear him and I listen. And I'm not going and I'm not going to say that I have always been that person to listen immediately. But <laughs> I've learned <laughs> that normally when he is telling me that it is absolutely for a reason. And I'm able to very much go to him and when I'm having moments and say, you know what, babe, I'm tired. And, you know, and he'll just say, go sit down. I got you. That's, Back up. that's being able to do that and being able to have somebody like that is so important. And in some instances, it may not be your husband. If right. you have a friend or someone who cares about you enough and can see when you need a moment, the the key is to be able to open and listen, because sometimes, you know, we can be a little hard-headed. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? It is so true. I mean, I'm a 
typical Scorpio. <laughs> and, and I could be very hard-headed and uh, not see the forest for the trees. And I would say, Daniel, my husband is exactly the same way. He's sometimes opposites attract and he can pick up on certain vibes that I may not even see. And, and it's a lovely thing when you've got that backup. And to your point, it may not be a partner. It could be a friend. I had a, a friend of mine on the show a few weeks ago, Anna Lynn Cruz, and she talked about having a hype crew. And I love that term. I, I've been saying uh, internal board of directors. And it's all the same thing. That hype crew or internal board of directors can really have your back and be able to see things that you're not seeing about yourself in terms of the lack of energy or how you really need to take a seat and listen more or, or do whatever to be able to have that peace back. Because we can't do for others if we're at our very lowest low. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's a big piece of it. And so all the things, yeah, all the things matter. And, and one of the things that you talked about, you know, previously about that sense of belonging and people pouring into you, I want to ask everybody who's listening, when's the last time that anybody poured into you? And when is the last time that you poured into yourself? Because those are two totally different things. Again, I'll say it again. When is the last time, for everybody who's listening, when is the last time that someone poured in to you? I love the way you put that, pour into you. And when is the last time that you poured into yourself? And the reason why I ask that question, it still goes along the lines of protecting your peace, because we talk about that all the time on this show. It also matters because sometimes, whether or not you are in this space of DE&I, it doesn't matter if that's not your role. Sometimes the roles that we are in are very triggering. They can be very hard, difficult to navigate, very ambiguous. It reminds me of back in the day when I used to have a career in HR. And somebody asked me, well, if you're a resource to other people, who's a resource to you? And I actually laughed because I, <laughs> I said to myself, I don't have anybody at the time. I didn't have anybody pouring mm -hmm. into me. Yeah. You make, you make such a good point. And, and I would love to see how people answer that question because it, it, it matters. It really matters. Mm. It does. It does. So we've been speaking with Cherie Washington on Cherie's career and her point of view when it comes to inclusion, diversity, equity, accessibility, and solidarity. We're about to take a short break, grab a snack, grab something to drink, whether it's bone broth, coffee, tea, whatever is your pleasure, and come on back. Thanks for listening. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. When there is a war on talent, you have to go to combat. What is career combat? Career combat is your destination for real career talk and real career advice. Here, you'll hear from the brightest and best in the business to get the answers that you've been craving. How do I get the job? How do I switch careers? How do I start my own business? How do I find my career passion? How do I find a great coach? This show is designed around you. Your questions answered live. 
the topics created by you. What are you waiting for? Check out Career Combat wherever you get your podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Career Combat with Kelly Combat. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome back indeed. This is Career Combat. My name is Kelly Combat. And before the break, we were speaking with Cherie Washington about Cherie's career and all things DEI, or the way I put it is ideas. Because ideas really foster creativity, and all the things do, in fact, matter. Uh, So now we're going to be speaking around equity, equity and access for all. When you think about the difference between equity and equality, there's so many things that are created as barriers to access. And from my perspective, I think a lot of times it's really around the fact that Many times the accessibility doesn't happen or the equity and equality doesn't happen because of a lack of flexibility. So I'd love to ask you, Cherie, in your past, what was the first time that you felt that, yes, in my career, I'm getting this accessibility, I'm getting the, the equity, and, and it's, it's really showing up in my life and in my career? You know, it's interesting because I think it, it shows up differently at different times. And sure. sometimes you don't recognize it um, when you're thinking about it. Um, as I look back over my career, I think I've been able to have accessibility um, over different moments. I don't know. I always felt like it was equitable okay. um, or I was getting it equally. So I have to look back and say to myself, how how have you managed to look at that? And I and I will say I think right now my career is at a at a point where I can see it all coming together, and I think that's the nice. big piece of it. It's when it's when all of it actually merges at the same time that you really are able to feel it. Um, when I changed into DEI space, and I just saw the trajectory starting to move, where I was having more access to some of our leaders, where I was doing more project work where I was taking full 
um, ownership of more projects. And I could see as it's growing, the equity, the equality, the accessibility, all coming together. And I believe for me, I could feel it too. Like there's something that just clicked that said, you know what, this is it. This is that moment that it's happening. And I think that's kind of the point where you get to that point where you you feel it in your mm. bones when you know it's happening. Yeah, it's it's so indescribable and it's very different at different points of your life. And sometimes you don't really see it. It's not something that's tangible. You can feel it in your bones. It's something that's so indescribable. And it, and just like we all have fingerprints for a reason, we're all different. What's what's going to show up for one person is may it may not show up for that other person and at the same time it eventually will because you'll know it you'll know it when you feel it and you just are 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 really moved by it if if you will that's why i think reflection is so important reflecting journaling gratitude journaling all those things are really important so that you can recognize it when it happens Absolutely. That's a big part about it. When you are able to reflect and you can really look back on what's been going on. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of journaling. I, yes. I buy journals by the dozen. I, you know, and I go back and re I reread them sometimes. Nice. And I think the best time to reread them is when you're having a one of those moments where you're not feeling at your best. Mm reflecting in your journal, going back and reading some of the things that, that you look at. Because I can say to myself, ooh, I was going through something on that day. Today is not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, one of the things I, we have a lot in common there, absolutely, because I, I've shared this on the show before. I'm very big on journals. I buy them by the dozens. I'm very into stationery and different kinds of pens and colors and things. Uh, and so I do memory journaling. And I also do a cultural journal. And what do I mean by that? It's really reflecting on how I'm interacting with others. Like in my journey, how am I interacting with others? How am I making a difference? And really seeing those highs and lows. And you're right, going back, and looking back on days that, wow, I, I thought that was nothing. I, I really did some cool stuff there. Or maybe I need to build up. Because this is, the, the I think the thing about this work, honestly, is that there's this myth. <laughs> there's this hidden myth that, that this stuff is easy for some of us and hard for others. Quite honestly, it's hard for all of us. It doesn't matter if you're certified in inclusion, diversity, and all of it. It can be hard because we all mess up sometimes. Absolutely. And, and in my coaching, that's something that I tend to be very open about, that none of us are going to get it right all the time. Absolutely. And that's a big, that's a big part of growth when you actually figure out that you are not always going to get it right and it is absolutely okay. And you can be honest with yourself. I dropped the ball. Yes. It may not have worked out the way I thought it was going to work out, or I actually did everything to my best abilities, but it still didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. It's okay. We're going to pivot now and see how to make it, do it differently, um, see how to um, evolve a program, evolve a project, and keep moving. Because I think what happens is you can't deny yourself the moment where you need to say, 
that was a bad moment. I think sometimes one of the things we do to ourselves, we give us, we we do an injustice to ourselves when we don't allow ourselves just a, at least a moment to sit in it. Because if you just push it down and push past it, it's going to bubble back up. It so will. allow yourself the opportunity to sit in it for a moment and then say, okay, it happened. Now what do I do to move forward? Because at the end of the day, we all have biases. We, mm-hmm. what do they say? If you have a brain, you have bias. <laughs> so yes. so that there's no escaping that. It's just, what do you do about it? How yes. do you acknowledge and understand what those biases are, how you can interrupt them and how you can get through it. And just, it's all about the learning. And that's why I love coaching because it truly is a practice. And I see DEI as being no different, that there is no perfect. It's always just in building the muscle. It absolutely is. It's And it's a matter of the work is not only hard, but the work is emotional because yes. you take on a lot from others. And in that, sometimes your emotions can creep in. So you have to also be aware of that part of it so that you can still see situations, especially in this DEI space and in the work that you do, you need to be able to look at situations holistically and look at the entire thing and not just from one perspective. Because when you start to look at it from just one specific perspective, then you lose all other perspectives. So you just have to be aware of the emotional piece, not just the hard piece, but the emotional piece that kind of sometimes will take a toll on you. And again, you have to give yourself a moment and give yourself grace. Grace is a big piece of it. Give yourself grace and then say, but I can fix it or even not, not, actually fix it, but I can work towards a different outcome. I love the fact that you brought that up about the giving yourself grace, because what I find so, so frequently is that that light bulb goes off when I'm coaching someone, especially when they're looking to be more inclusive as a leader mm-hmm. uh, and they're trying to create psychological safety. They they hit this roadblock thinking. I, I should be better than this. I I should know this. I should know how to say this. And the 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 commonality between all of us, because there is something called intersectionality that really binds all of us together, no matter where you are, no matter your Absolutely. race, no matter your 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 uh your the, the your location. You could be all mm-hmm. around the world. Globally, there are things that connect us, and that is that we're all going to mess up from time to time. Mm-hmm. And that's when that light bulb goes off. And I love that moment. Yes, absolutely. And I even, I, I like that you brought up the intersectionality piece because I think that's a piece that we tend to lose sometimes when you think about it. You mm-hmm. said you identify as she, her. I identify as she, her. I also identify as a Black woman, um, a Gen X person, all of those are intersections of my personality that I bring into the space every single day. So yes. we also have to we also have to sit in those moments too sometimes because those are important for you as you're looking at things, as you're looking at your career, as you're looking at situations that are occurring around you. You still also have to think about the intersectionality and you also think about that when you're doing for me with programs it's major because you look at how many people we have all these cultural heritage months So, you know, we have AAPI, Black History Month, we have Pride Month, but the key to it is how do you, 
how do you do things during those times where you can actually bring groups together because they share intersectionality? Spot on. It's opening. It's what you said earlier. It's opening up things to a greater level and it ain't about you, boo. It's, it's not, that's what I keep telling myself when when I when I when those emotions start creeping in about my identities, and I share a lot of the same identities as you do. I, I try to just open up the aperture and think, how do I bind all of it together and bring everybody along? Because yeah. that's the only way in which this work is really going to resonate. It's really about okay, let's take it to the ten thousand foot view. And let's think about longevity and age and all the things. I mean, you said it so beautifully earlier about not apologizing for age. And I find it funny, especially when we think about all the identities that we have, many times when it comes to age and ageism, many times what ends up happening is that people apologize for their age. You hear it all the time. Things like, Mm -hmm. uh, forgive me, I'm about to show my age. You hear it so often that a lot of times we are almost apologizing for the age. And not only that, but we could be, in fact, being, being ageist towards what we will become if we're lucky. Think about that. Absolutely. If we're lucky, <laughs> if we're lucky, we could be biased towards what we could be becoming in our future, which is just mind boggling. It is absolutely mind boggling. And what I will tell you right now is I am one of those people who I am embracing my age. I am embracing all of it. I am a proud Gen Xer. Um, I live for all things 80s, 90s. (laughs) I I believe that was the best time. The 80s was the best time in R&B. The 90s was the best time in hip hop. You can't tell me any different. Um, we will have, we will argue and debate this conversation, but I am loving the me I've grown into. So I can't deny that part of me. And I would hope that others would not deny it either. Embrace it, live in it, love in it. But that does not mean that you cannot also embrace other ages. Yes. Um, I speak to a journey of talking about reverse mentoring. Mm. And I do it from the perspective of I have three sons. Um, They are 30, 32, 30, and 23 right now. Um, There are so many things that I learned from my children. Uh, Like, really, they are my tech people, by the way. Yes. And I'm I'm okay (laughs) to admit that. Um, I'm also in a sorority. And one of the things I, I love about being in the sorority is that there, I'm in connection with uh, younger people all the time. And I get so much out of it. The conversations are amazing because they think differently. The innovation, the vision that they have sometimes is way past anything that I may have had. And I absolutely love that. So I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be apologetic about my age, but I'm going to embrace it. And then I'm going to embrace others as well, because I want to hear what they have to say. And you learn so much. I'm glad that you brought up your sons because, uh, you know, in my life, I've got a 23-year-old as well, Perry. And Mm -hmm. Perry's living his best life. He's in Michigan doing all the things. Graduated from Rutgers a little over a year ago. And then we also have Brooklyn, who's 14. And it's it's so funny, uh, going back to what you were saying about hip-hop. I mean, you know me. I'm a Mm hip-hop head. 
Brooklyn has her name because of my love for hip hop. Okay. <laughs> Everybody knows that that's why I named her Brooklyn. I got to choose. And that's what I chose was Brooklyn. Yeah. And, um, and thinking back to the, the golden era of hip hop, I'm talking boogie down productions. I'm talking, mm. <laughs> I'm talking all the things. And, yes. and at the same time learning and that reverse mentoring from my son. He's the one that got me into Drake. He's the one that got me into Kendrick Lamar and all the things that are happening even right now in terms yes. of this and J. Movement. Cole. J. Cole is the other one that I've had yes. to, to my playlist. Yes, J. Cole. Yes. And so many. There's so many to name. And mm -hmm. I don't think to your to your point, Cherie, I don't think that I would have been open, just like you, to learning about what's happening now if I had just kept my closed mind of, well, this is the only era that I want to be open to. This yeah. is a space, this conversation about inclusion and diversity, bringing up hip hop and bringing up other examples is just one of many different kinds of things that we can think about around being open. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as I mentioned, and, and I'm going to do a shameless plug, I am a proud member of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. And one of the things that I also love about my organization is also inclusion. While we are um, one of the divine nine organizations that are um, historically Black Greek letter organizations, we are actually still open to all. And that's the beauty of it. You bring so much more in. And again, it's around different generations. It's around different dimensions of diversity. Um, it's a beauty in that sisterhood that you see. And again, inclusion is part of that. Um, the learning is part of that. And, you know, I'm appreciative of being able to embed myself not only in inclusion within my work life, but inclusion within my personal life. And one of the things that can beautifully occur whether you're a part of a Greek organization, the Divine Nine, if you're a part of any kind of member organization in your professional space, or even if you're just networking throughout uh, all the things that you do in life, or you're part of uh, any kind of of personal uh, leadership roles, if you're uh, giving back in service. I, I For a lot of time, I was working a lot with New York Cares. And it's so much that you learn from creating a space where people are not the same as you, that you're, mm -hmm. you're really intentionally being a part. It doesn't have to be just be with networking, but you're intentionally surrounding yourself with people who are nothing like you. Mm -hmm. I remember just not that long ago, I was on a panel at Rutgers here in New Jersey, and uh, there was an exercise that we did around thinking about who's in your circle. And in that circle, the 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 part that was really poignant was this was a class of about 35 graduate students uh led by Cashlyn Cashman Walter and the the funny part was thinking about the people that are in your circle how many of them are differently abled how many of them are in the LGBTQIA+ community how many of them are different than you in terms of race and age, how many are older, younger, and the students, the response was like, wow, I've got a lot of work to do <laughs> because that's just how we are as humans. We tend to, we were born innate. However, some, somewhere along the way, we tend to just almost gravitate towards our, our, the same kinds of folks. So I challenge you 
Think about the people that you're surrounding yourselves by and just be more open. Yes. Just be more open. So we've been speaking with Cherie Washington. We're going to take our last break in just a few moments. Stay tuned and come on back. Thanks for listening. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. When there is a war on talent, you have to go to combat. What is career combat? Career combat is your destination for real career talk and real career advice. Here, you'll hear from the brightest and best in the business to get the answers that you've been craving. How do I get the job? How do I switch careers? How do I start my own business? How do I find my career passion? How do I find a great coach? This show is designed around you. Your questions answered live. The topics created by you. What are you waiting for? Check out Career Combat wherever you get your podcasts. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Career Combat with Kelly Combat. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back indeed. And it is a lovely reminder always that you can contribute to the show in terms of our ideas. It's completely designed around you. You can write me at yes at kellycoach.com. That's Y-E-S at K-E-L-L-I-C-O-A-C-H.com or call into the show and let us know how we're doing. Also give us your ideas on what we can talk about on this show. We've been speaking with Cherie Washington, of course. And as we come back to the show, I think it's really important to talk about the variety of biases that are out here. And one of the things that we talk about all the time in my workshops is weight bias and the fact that we can be so judgmental of others. So Sheree, I'd like to turn that back to you and let's talk about weight bias and judgments and all of those things. 
Yeah, I think a lot of times when we talk about inclusion and bias, that's the one thing that sometimes gets lost in the message. There's so much judgment out here around people who are uh, what many would consider overweight um, or obese. And, and I say people, which includes me. Um, I've been on a journey to healthy for a minute, um, but I want to be real clear to say my journey to healthy was around my health issues as opposed to around how I felt about the way I looked. I'm mm. one of those people who I am such an advocate for body positivity. I've been out. Um, I've spoken about it. I'm saying be confident in who you are, no matter the way that you look, um, no matter your shape, no matter your size. Be confident in who you are and believe in yourself because sometimes I think the weight biases also affect how you show up at work, how you show up in your performance, and just how you show up to the world because you're so afraid of what other people are going to say to you or about you that you shrink yourself. And, you know, I just want to make sure people are aware that there's a stigma that's out there around mm. people who are of a certain weight, of a certain size, and who don't look like what we call the norm. And the craziest part about that is research has shown the majority of women, the majority of men in America do not fit the typical normal sizes. They are literally seen between the sizes of 12 and 16. Correct. So. The fact that there's so much judgment and so much bias against people who are actually the norm is amazing to me. Um, but just want to make sure that people understand that biases do come in so many ways. It comes in not only around dimensions of diversity, it comes around weight. Um, even when you're looking at um, people with disabilities, like why are we looking at them any differently? Um, we need to make sure that we are in ourselves, checking ourselves around all our biases and not just assume that the, they only occur when you're talking about dimensions of diversity. Right. And when you think about all the things, whether it's a non-apparent disability yes. or it could be the fact that uh, now I, I see a lot more designers uh, like Isaac Mizrahi and others being more open uh, to making sure that there is accessibility options uh, when it comes to the the clothing and things like that. And that is so much better than it has been. And we certainly have a, a really long way to go. And at the same time, I'm glad that you really pointed on that really salient point around body positivity. The fact that you were not after a number in your journey because that's not what matters. Inside, I mean, as long as I've known you, there was so much pride. Your point, you were always poised and and really fly and and just with your style and your savoir-faire. All those things were apparent before the journey. So sometimes it's not about what we're eating, it's about what's eating us. Absolutely. That is so big. That piece right there. It's about what's eating us. And a lot of it comes in comes in forms of different things. If you're stressed at work, sometimes the way you relieve your stress is through food. Sometimes yes. the way you relieve your stress is through other things. Um, but it all matters to your holistic well-being. It does indeed. What do you think, Cherie, is holding most people back from being inclusive? What do you think is holding most people back from being inclusive? Some of it is a lack of information. 
Some of it is just fear. We we're we we tend to be afraid that if we see everyone the way we see ourselves or as high as we see ourselves, it will make us appear smaller. Ah. And if we could let go of that fear of what everybody else has or what everybody else does and just focus on what makes you the best that you can be, you can lean into other people. You can lean into other cultures. You can lean into other dimensions of diversity. You can Mm -hmm. even lean into other religions. You don't have to be a part of them just to want to be able to understand them. That's exactly it. It's exactly it. It's that growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. How much more can I learn? How much more open can I be? And that's the beautiful thing about life. It's the it's getting uncomfortable. That's okay. If you're if you're actually uncomfortable, then you're doing it right. Yeah. Ask questions and nobody's going to be upset because you're asking a question. It's a very open thing here when you are doing the reverse mentoring or you're surrounding yourself with people who are not like you. Yes. All those things result in growth. Absolutely. All those things result in growth. I mean, your your whole world actually opens up and it is so nice once you beautiful. Once you allow yourself to feel and and, and understand those other people. Um one thing that I did and it was it was very, very interesting. Um, I live in a large um, East um, East Asian pop or South Asian population um, where I live at. And one of the things I love is the foods that um, that my neighbors cook and share. Sometimes I'm mm. a huge fan of naan bread, like a yes. huge, probably too huge of a fan of naan bread. Um, <laughs> But it's it's a beautiful thing when you're able to share. I love seeing their celebrations. Um, I love seeing when they put out their lights. Um, and I just think it's an amazing thing to be able to embrace all of these cultures and be able to just open yourself up and want to participate where you can. Um, but allow yourself to be uncomfortable. And if you don't know, it's okay that you don't know. And that's why learning is so important. It's okay if you don't know what you don't know. And so one of my last few questions I have for you, Cherie, is what books or podcasts or movies, any kind of uh, learning material that you would recommend to our listeners? So one of the books that um, I read uh, last year um, was from Dr. Livingston. Um, Yes. He is a Harvard. Um, he is a Harvard professor, and he wrote the book. Um, let me just make sure I get it right. <laughs> Don't want to say it wrong. Um, what is the book that he wrote? See, You're talking about the conversation. The conversation. The conversation. Oh, yes. Um, one of the beauties of that book is that it really, it really allows you to see perspectives. Um, that you may not have thought of. Uh, it allows you to delve deeper into not only other perspectives, into why your perspective is the way it is. And it also offers you um, tactics on how to have sometimes those difficult conversations around 
race, ethnicity, and bias. Um, so if you want to get a better understanding, it is that's a space where you can lean in. It'll help you as you're trying to grow in this space, or even if you're not in this space, if you just want to be able to grow in um, the ability to have these kind of difficult conversations, it is one of those books that would help you. I love it. I absolutely love that piece of work. It was actually, I believe last year, it was nominated for an NAACP Image Award for Literary Works. And it's just amazing. Pick it up. Absolutely. I love the fact that you mentioned the conversation by Dr. Robert Livingston. Uh, one of my favorites. Absolutely. My last question to you, Cherie, is if you have any call to action for our listeners, what would that be? It would be spend five minutes with someone who is not like you. Five minutes with someone of a different diversity or different dimension of diversity, someone of a different gender. If you don't normally speak to people who are within the LGBTQIA community, have a chat with them. And yes. not to be intrusive, but just to get to know them. If you're not normally around, if you're a Black person who's not normally around white people or you're not normally around people who are of Asian descent, you want to have a conversation with them. I just think try to broaden, broaden the world around you by just talking to people who are not like you. Perfectly said. Perfectly said indeed. Cherie Washington, I this hour has flown by like it feels like it's been one minute. Honestly, I mean, what a lovely and gorgeous conversation. Uh, I love your journey. I love the things that you're putting out here in the world, your family. I mean, you're a testament to just a perfect way to kick off Women's History Month. I, I want to say thank you for joining us today on Career Combat. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I thank you for having me. It was a great conversation. Indeed, it was. And so next week, everybody, we're going to have on Lisa Chanofsky Singer, who's a facilitator, group coach. Uh, I mean, so many things. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great conversation. And we talked about it earlier, everybody, and we talk about it on every single show. Do whatever you can to protect your peace at all costs. And until next time, see ya. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Career Combat with Kelly Combat. We hope we've given you the tools to navigate your career quandaries. Until we talk again next week, have a beautiful week.